Friendship Inc. has partnered with Multitude, and this week we're sponsored by Tavor. What is Tavor, you may be wondering? Tavor is the app for fans of beer, craft brews, and trying new and exciting labels. How it works is you sign up in the app and you can choose the beers you're interested in, including two new ones every day, and you add them to your own personalized crate. You pay for the beers, and you add them to the crate, and then you ship them whenever you're ready. The price of shipping doesn't change with the size of your order. And it's much more cost-effective than buying and shipping one-offs. Tavor works with only independent breweries around the world. You can download on the Apple or Google Store to try Tavor now. Use the code FRIENDSHIPPING for $10 off after your first order of $25 or more. Use that code FRIENDSHIPPING. Tavor. Tavor. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping. And the theme this week is... Do not disturb your friends. (laughs) Sounds sounds a little uh, ominous. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Jen, this week we're talking about uh, feeling like we cannot reach out to our friends because whenever we talk to our friends, we start complaining or we have bad feelings. And man, I know that feeling well. (laughs) And what we're going to discuss this week is avoidance and how you can start uh, manifesting your bad feelings onto your friends who don't deserve them, you know, in in this time of woe and, and, and ways to reach out to your friends that don't necessarily lead to a conversation you need to have right the frick now with the small amount of energy you've got stored up. So, Jen, yes. how how are you doing with uh, reaching out to, to your friends? Like, you and I, we're, we're very different <laughs> from all our other friendships because we are always in touch, like, for work, for the podcast. Doing this podcast is a delight because we both get to gripe about the things that stress us out and talk about the wonderful things in our lives that we celebrate. And I can understand when you don't have that kind of thing structured that it becomes very difficult. So, I have um, a couple of group texts I'm in, and they're all muted. They're all muted all the time. <laughs> and I check in when I feel ready. And they're not like at the top of my screen, like I use WhatsApp for some of them, which is helpful because I don't need to open my phone and see like 42 messages. What's what's the matter? But yeah, so I have group texts that are muted. So I'm able to check in and check out of them whenever I feel comfortable. And the group texts tend to be like pretty lighthearted, but not always. Like how, how could they possibly be lighthearted uh, every day, right? Right. But, you know, that can be jarring too for some people, I imagine. Like one, one second you're talking about your favorite baked ziti recipe and the next second you're talking about the insurrection and what that means, you know, like it can be up and down. So group texts for me are extremely fun just because I feel no pressure to participate at all and my friends totally understand. <laughs> but I'm wondering, what about you, Trin? So I have a variety of coping mechanisms, and we'll talk about those later in the episode. But I just want to say I admire your use of WhatsApp. I think that that's great. I think that is a really good like compartmentalizing thing. And unfortunately, I can never download and use WhatsApp because the second I do, <laughs> I will be pressured to join my husband's family's ongoing, enormous WhatsApp chain oh. with everyone in the and family. And he has a and big like, family. He is a big family and like everybody has kids, everybody has spouses. And 
And like, and it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful that, that that they keep in touch, and I consider them to be my family too. But like, before I married him, I had a family, and we don't really talk very often. Yep. <laughs> so yep, it's yep. like, it's such a different, it's such a fucking different thing. So like, yes, I'll always encourage people like download the WhatsApp, do the Discord, whatever. And like every single one of those apps, I have a reason why I'm avoiding it. Like Discord, I only use for work. So why would I talk to my friends right, on that? Right. You know. It's like and and so I think I'm 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 slowly running out of avenues that aren't text messaging, you know? Because everything else like has its own kind of stress. Oh man, I am really I'm already connecting with this asker. I can't wait. Did you guys even remember that we have a book that we made? We made a book and we don't talk about it as much because Man, so much of our energy right now is being spent on marketing. And I think a lot of like maybe our immediate uh, followers and listeners don't know because it's so hard for us to get the energy to talk about it on the show because we're talking about emotions, not marketing and talking about it on like Twitter and social media, because that's where, you know, people are talking about the news and and being sad and scared and frustrated. And it's been difficult for me to talk about it. However, it's something I'm really proud of and something that I, I would really love people to pick up and, and read and you can go to friendshippingbook.com and have a look at it. Oh yeah. It's I wanna say it's surreal to see people reading the book and like leaving review like people that we don't know interested in the book. Yeah. But um the truth is it's not surreal because I have almost completely emotionally attached from it right now. Right. <laughs> I think it's maybe my coping mes- mechanism. Uh, maybe it'll hit me in a couple months like, oh my God, we wrote a book and people read it. But right now I'm just like cool. Cool. That person over there wrote a book and people are reviewing it. That seems normal. Totally not grasping that the people that wrote that book are are us. Weird. Jen, I would love to see more reviews of our book, especially because <laughs> we finally I think we mentioned this a while ago, but we got our like one bad review from somebody who was who was angry that the book is is way too liberal. And I wanted to just read some choice quotes from it because here's the thing. A bad review from somebody who sucks is, I feel, almost as almost as good as a great review from somebody who like really actually read the book. Completely agreed. This was such a compliment. It did not offend me in the slightest. It made me delighted. Here's some choice words from it. For a book about uh, making friends, this book makes way too many liberal political statements. They're essentially saying that friendship means you love, respect, and support the other person in everything about them. Well, what? What do you? Why do you have a problem with that? I love it. Is that is that a bad thing? I don't. <laughs> this is far from universal. For example, I don't want friends who are nothing but yes men. I want friends who will hold me accountable and help me be a better person. I don't know, buddy. Agreed. If you finished the book, maybe you would have gotten to that point. Uh, they. You know, it's funny because, like, I agree with them. (laughs) I totally do. They said, are you an atheist? No making friends with religious people. Are you a conservative Christian? It's impossible for you to be friends with a gay person. That is absolutely fucking incorrect. Like, I'm queer as hell. And my, like, one of my very best friends in the world is so involved in her church and is so deeply Christian. And there's none of that in the book. We don't mention those pairings in the book. It's always interesting when people kind of because, you know, when you give someone your art, it is it is up to them that it's their decision how to interpret it. You know, like it's out of your hands now. And this interpretation is stunning. <laughs> I am baffled. This idea that instead of getting to know and care about people, even if we disagree fundamentally with them on some aspect of their lives. Yo, if you disagree with me on my bisexuality, if you disagree with me on um, the way that I live my life, I 100% don't want to be friends with you. And I can't imagine somebody who would want to be friends with somebody who disagreed with them on a fundamental 
aspect of their life. Yeah, I know. That's not fr- like how could you? What common ground could you possibly have? Anyway, I, just... I really enjoy this review because if we were like discussing this in person, we would probably agree on a lot of stuff. Right. <laughs> we were. Yeah, but they. Yeah, so interesting. We wrote the book not just because we want you to make friends, but because we want you to have boundaries and to know that those boundaries are okay. And as like amped up as I am about this review, I I have to tell you, the amped up is not anger. It's just like it's bafflement and amusement. And I do I want to see more of these kinds of reviews? Not really. But if I did, I would not be unhappy because I love having written (laughs) something that makes the right people upset. Oh, yeah. Having certain enemies in your life, a certain kind of enemy, is is a positive sign in my book. And I feel like the whole the thrust of the whole book, Trin, is like, you should be selective about your friends. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be closed off to real criticism, actual criticism. And that's not what this right, is. Right. <laughs> we have to be open to getting things wrong and making mistakes. That's literally the prologue to our book, which is like, we're going to make mistakes and so are you. And here in this book are some of them. But yeah, like, so there are reviews that will be negative that will bother me, and they should. I'm sure that'll happen. There will be perspectives we missed, things we wish we had said, because unfortunately, you can't edit a book in real time like you can a Google right. Doc. Uh, but anyway, this was, um, this delighted yeah, me. same. Oh, wait, one more thing. Hey, speaking of, hey, we're, we hate begging, but we're not above it. If you read the book and enjoyed it, you can leave a review. Yes, please do. That would be great. Yeah, uh, Goodreads, yeah. Amazon. Um, I don't know if NetGalley's still doing um, reviews. If you tell people about it, if you tweet about it, if you put it on social media, it will be a huge help for us. You know what? I'm going to be completely real. Jen and I had planned on, you know, going to conventions this past year because that's what we do. We go we in our work, we have gone to, you know, gaming conventions, comic conventions, book conventions. And that would have been a significant part of our marketing. And it it's completely gone. And so we we're hoping that we can reach those people in a different way. And uh, if you could help us out with that, that would be enormous. Yeah, that's a it would be it would be awesome. We don't like asking people to do things other than listen to our show. Uh, But now we're asking you to do two things. (laughs) So turn off this episode and promote the book instead. (laughs) Thank you, listeners. And now now that you're back after having done that, because you paused and came right back to the episode. So we were talking about ways we want to communicate with people. Eh? So this is how this is how we're going to transition in. Uh, This asker is having a hard time finding a good a good way to communicate with their friends that does not immediately take a lot of energy or uh, dissolve into the bad feelings of uh, of the day. Jen, I think I think this is your read. I think it is, too. I was just just thinking about that. Okay, let's do it. Let's hit it. I can't wait to hear it. Hey, Jen and Trin. I really do love my friends and I want them to be around after this whole COVID thing. I have a variety of pals, from a couple of friends who stuck around me since high school, to much more recently when I made friends in my hobbies and through my workplace. But as you know, the world is on fire, and therefore I have nothing to talk about other than everything that is stressing me out! I have coping mechanisms, but they just get me through the day. I have a job and a family and kids to think about, and so my friends get the dregs of my energy. When I finally talk to them, every conversation turns depressing, because how can it not? Also, most of my friends don't have kids, and I feel like they don't quite get how fucked I am at the moment. (laughs) Oh, I love that sentence. And I'm sorry, also. (laughs) I have one parent friend, but of course I never hear from him because he has even more kids than I do. My solution so far has been to not have conversations. 
What are some ways I can tip my friends off that I love them that don't involve any additional steps? From do not disturb, she slash her pronouns. Jen, the first note in our notes document is this reminds me of that one quote from Lord of the Rings. And I need you oh, to yeah, lead I wrote us that. Yeah. with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from Fellowship of the Ring. And this is the line that always makes me hungry. It makes me hungry even when I think about it. Um, but it's also, you know, emotionally intelligent. The line is, I feel like butter spread over too much bread. Oh. I know. Isn't that poetry? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I'm so I, hungry now. I want some toast. I didn't know that that's where there was, that was going. Because, like, you know, we we did an episode dissecting the friendships in Lord of the Rings a long time ago. And there's so much in Lord of the Rings about friendship. But you're right. It's also about dealing on an individual level with an existential threat. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, it's about hobbits who are these, like, tiny, loving creatures who just want to smoke weed, eat second breakfast, and, like, make fireworks happen. Like, that's all they fucking want. I want to live in the Shire so bad. Yes. I want to live in the Shire and vacation to Rivendell. Doesn't that sound so nice? Like, ideally, I think we're going to all end up in hobbit holes because, like, they are the best uh, way to, like, climate uh, and control your environment. And it's very cheap. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of centipedes in your house, but you can deal with that. The point here is uh, I, it's it's funny to me how so often us who in our 20s and 30s, you know, we are adults now. We are revisiting media from our, our childhood and we're like, oh, shit, Avatar was about America. Like, oh, my God, like Harry <laughs> totally. Potter was about Nazis, even though J.K. Rowling sucks. Like it's it's hitting us now. It's not that it was hidden in this media it's that's yeah. what it's about. And so a quote from Lord of the Rings about being stressed out about an existential threat is so relevant because that is what the book is about. So I love that you led us with that, Jen. Yay, God, I am so due for a rewatch, but I'm a, I'm too scared emotionally because I'll get too invested. Oh. You know, like I'm scared of all those feelings. <laughs> oh, I know that. Too. Anyway, we could dissect that one later at a different time. We don't have time to unpack that one right now. But yeah, I relate to this asker in that it can be very hard if you were in a bad place, which uh, many people are. <laughs> um, who, who's, who's like thriving right now? No one's really thriving. If you are feeling incredibly stressed every second, it's hard to summon that energy to laugh at a group text or unwind with a movie or take it easy. Like that kind of thing, when you're exhausted, feels beside the point. It feels like it's not a priority. Getting through the day is the priority. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, and I, maybe we start our all our episodes with this, but fuck it. I want this asker to start off with no longer judging herself. And I can sense the judgment in this. You know, it's like I, 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 I feel like the asker made a lot of really great points. Like, this is why I'm stressed out. This is what is happening. I feel alone. Like, I, I still I can still sense the judgment here. So at the very least, the first thing we want is for you to remove the bad feelings that you're giving yourself. There is no should here. There's no like I should be reaching out to my friends and having wonderful conversations with them all the time. I should be totally chill. I should be able to balance my friends with um, my my whiny children. Like, no, like, it's okay. Like, it is okay if you feel shitty right now. You feel like butter and that you're spread too thin. And, and uh, that sucks, but it doesn't mean you have to give more, you know? This person strikes me as a giver, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's, yeah, they seem like someone who's like, how can I give more? Can I keep giving? I'm so tired. My friends only get the dregs of my energy. Is that so bad? I mean, 
we would love it if you had more energy and you had uh, more time to relax and that the pandemic wasn't happening. But it's not the worst thing that if your friend your friends aren't getting the best of you right now. Oh my like, God, you know, Jen, yes. like like it's it's okay. That is that is actually okay because how could you possibly be at your best every second? Ah, oh, Jen, that was so good. I really, really love that because and it's part of self-judgment. It's part of man, if your friends are getting the dregs of your energy, that means that you are giving your friends some of your energy. And like that's immense. Right now is already immense. So it it sounds like the asker wants to basically like ding dong ditch their friends, but with like love, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like drop the love smoke bomb and run and just like let that all play out. <laughs> and, and I think that is totally OK. You can do that. Um, we were recently on Trista Sutter's podcast and I talked about that occasionally I have texted my friends just being like, hey, I love you. I'm thinking about you. I do not have energy for a conversation right now. Here's a picture of my cat and you can get back to me whenever. Like you can say out loud, I love you. I'm thinking about you. This is not the moment for a conversation, but I I needed you to know that you're on my mind. Oh, yeah. I love that. You're setting the bound. You're setting the expectation for the conversation or rather not conversation you're going to have. You can text like, I love you. I have nothing else to share because I am depleted. Uh, that's it. Good night. Miss you. Yeah, absolutely. Like we always suggest postcards because <laughs> of course we do because we, we, we uh, made postcards a long time ago. But there are like text messages and emails that just do not indicate that you have the energy for a conversation. But like something like an email is like a wrapped present that they can unwrap whenever they feel like it. It's not like you're handing them a conversation. It's you're handing them like a conversation packet that they can uh, deploy at any time, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. And like, if you do something already to relax, like if you like to bake or knit and that that chills you out, knit or bake something for your friends, burden them with a, a surprise gift, <laughs> make it feel re- really awkward on them. Don't take up baking and knitting if that's a chore, okay? If that's how you unwind and it would make you feel good to give something to someone else, do that. But don't add to your list right now. Right. And, you know, also consider that maybe you do want to have conversations and maybe you want to adjust those conversations. Maybe, yes, I understand that you start talking, you start talking, it's like, oh, all this stuff and we're stressed out. Ah, 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 ah. But maybe the way that you do that just needs a little bit of tweaking. You can't go to your friends expecting them to have answers or hoping that they will make you feel better. You know, that's kind of like going to Twitter to get like a serotonin boost from like some good posts. But you know that that (laughs) shit is like buried under about 25 other tweets about how the world is ending. So you don't go to Twitter. You know, when you go to your friends, it's not problem solving. It's it's venting together. And when we vent together, it's this mutual yelling of like, yeah, I agree. I know. And that is great. It's not a solutions-based session, but it is it is helpful. I remember one time uh, I real <laughs> God, Jen, I'm about to say something that's sa- going to make me sound a little bit illiterate, but I'm going to say it anyway. Are you ready? Oh, I can't wait. So I have always in my life been a little bit disappointed with like movies and books and media about death and love that don't have something concrete to say about it. Like I'm I like oh. like I'm going into like watching the haunting of Bly Manor being like, OK, cool. They're going to solve feelings about death for me right now. That's what this is like. Humans have been dealing with the concept of of mortality, the concept of, of love for since we've existed and there are no solutions. And going to Bly Manor, watching Bly Manor on Netflix to, to talk about 
how you feel about death is exactly like going to your friends to try and like solve how you're feeling about the government. It, that's not what it's for. It's for kind of digging into the wound that you have and cleaning it out a little bit, getting some hydrogen peroxide in there, okay? It's gonna be there. It's a thing that we deal with, but we deal with it together. Like, you sound like you could use a really good scream, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, a good scream. There's this tradition at a college around here. During finals week, everyone uh, goes outside and screams at the same time. I think it's a tradition on many college campuses, actually. It's called the primal scream. I think it happens at, like, 11 or midnight. Oh, I love it. Um, now, isn't that great? Now the idea of everyone getting outside and screaming at the same time sounds a little scary. <laughs> But but you can imagine on a closed campus or whatever, where it's like a smaller community, how uh, how therapeutic that would be. Do you need to scream into a pillow? Um, do you need to take a bath? Do you need to get high? What do you need? What do you need? And I will always advocate for avoiding your stressful feelings that you can't solve if you need to. Sometimes we have to prioritize the things that are fucking us up. <laughs> and And right now, the things that are fucking you up are unsolvable. And perhaps avoiding them is okay. And maybe it is what we talked about earlier, dropping the love smoke bomb and like and letting that sort itself out. That could be it. But it also could be, oh, my God, Jen, I'm so stressed out about the world. And I can I, can I just bitch about my kids for like 10 minutes. And then you tell me about your bread baking. And like, that's all I need for the moment. Yeah, that's acceptable. Yeah, I also wonder if they buried the lead a tiny bit on accident when they said they don't really have parent friends right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that might be a that might be something you slipped in there without realizing how much it's bothering you because you're totally right. Trin and I don't have children and we cannot fully grasp or understand people who do have children. Like it's just not a perspective we have. We can we can be uh, as kind and understanding as possible, but we we are not parents. Oh yeah. You know. So you are so right that their understanding of your life is limited. And that's true for for people with kids. It's true with people with different careers. Like it's true. Like that's true for for people with different lifestyles completely. Maybe you need to, um, when the pandemic is over, find some more parent friends. Maybe you need to find a Reddit thread where people are screaming about their children, how much they love them and can't stand them. You know, maybe you need maybe you do need more of an outlet there. There is a very vibrant parenting community on the Internet. And there are certainly some places where it's like, we're going to judge you about whether or not you've uh, breastfed. But there are also yeah. places where it's like, we're all just going to talk and solve this together. And you can find those. Um, and I think Reddit's a, a fine place to start. Um, as I always say, I can never fully advocate for Reddit. No, no. <laughs> but We do not stand behind it. <laughs> absolutely. But, like, there are parenting magazines who have online forums. There are, uh, you know, maybe we should do some research into this sometime, Jen, because apparently we've got a lot of parenting listeners. Honestly, it's it's such a uniquely stressful thing to have a sentient creature who is fully dependent on you. And I can only really get glimpses of that. And when I look into the eyes of my cats and I think to myself, how would I care for you if society fell? Like, it honestly runs through my mind every now and again. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm petting yeah, yeah, me too. my horrible orange disaster. And I'm just like, man, if climate change and we ran out of water, would I drink you? I don't I don't know. <laughs> you know, like it's it's very different when it's a human sentient person. And uh, and dude, ask her, you're right. Like, we cannot talk to you on that level. You need more parent friends. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's like that's like a thing in the parenting world, right? We've heard from listeners trend who are like, I only have parent friends and I need I need I need something else. And then we also hear the opposite, which is like this person, which is like none of my friends have kids and I'm it's pretty isolating. 
So yeah, this feels like a common problem that I that I think you can you can find ways to solve. Um, but you know, we always warn people it's really hard to make friends right now. It is. <laughs> so so search for an online community where you can be that's friendly and anonymous. Go find your people um, at a distance that make you feel a little bit understood. That's my that's my advice. Jen, I super agree with you. There are so many kinds of people on this planet and parents don't just need parent friends, although it sounds like this listener does need more of them. Sometimes parents need somebody who will talk to them about anything other than their child, (laughs) you know, and like and I can I I can be that for some of my friends. I'm like, I will talk to you. You want to complain about your kid for a while? I will uh, nod and I will tell you your child sucks. Uh, And then we could talk about board games. That sounds great to me. Let's do. It's okay to want friends who have the same challenges you do. I don't think you're in some like wild danger of this, but I do think it's worth mentioning. I think that it's good to keep in mind that your friends who don't have kids are also stressed the fuck out and they do have valid stressors, you know, like that. Oh, yeah, totally. That kind of goes without saying, but also we should say it, you know, like all of these things are correct. Wanting more parent friends is correct. Thinking that your uh, challenges as a parent uh, are unique. That's that's correct. But it's also correct that your non-parent friends are having unique challenges as well. As well. I've complained on the show, good-naturedly complained, like my husband and I haven't spent a minute apart since like March. And generally that's fine because like we, we're not, it's fine. Like I really like that guy. But I also know that people that don't have roommates or um, aren't coupled up or whatever, they're having a very hard time too, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that is, you know, even if I'm like, I could use some alone time. Uh, there are so many people I know in my own circle that are like, I am so lonely. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, everyone's, everyone's going through it right now. And I think it's really smart of the asker. I was just, I was just kind of noticing this. Um, they are noticing a pattern in their own conversations and with their friends. And I feel like so many times, myself included, we don't, we're not fully aware of the things we're saying over and over again. Here's, here's what I mean. You have a conversation with a friend, you drop something into a text message, and then you don't really think about it. And you don't really start to notice that like, oh man, the last 10 things I said in this group chat were, were a bummer. Right. And uh, I might be bumming out my friends or is this making me feel good? I'm kind of bumming out myself. Like this asker already did some self-reflection. They already noticed how they're acting. And I feel like people are often on autopilot when they're like texting or communicating with their friends. They're not, they're not super being very scrutinizing of the things they're doing and saying. Yeah. Which is why friendships are great. But it also like it's kind of worth checking in sometimes. Like, hey, I, uh, I haven't had a nice thing to say about a friend in six months. Maybe I should be a little more supportive. Yeah. Jen, that is so astute, like to notice that the asker has a sense of the problem already and wants to fix it. Yeah, that's wild. Good job, asker. Part of this that I think is worth exploring as well is um, when you say all I have is complaints, all I have is like, you know, I'm stressed to talk about. It's actually that's not true. There are moments of joy in your life. And and don't get me wrong, they can be very much overshadowed by your stress, especially right now. And I'm 100% not saying, look on the bright side, buddy. Um, I had this conversation. Trin would never. I was talking to a friend the other day who was going through a particularly rough time. And I said she was not quite looking for the silver lining in in situations, but more digging through the wheelbarrow full of human excrement for the tiny, pure, solid gold (laughs) nuggets, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like it's like that's that's what it is. It's like and those gold nuggets are still there. They're still great. Your hands are covered in shit, you know, but like, hey, pop one of those out every now and again and show it to your friends. (laughs) 
I love this metaphor. One time I was playing like a say something about yourself to this new group of people type of game. Like I was, it was like a group introduction. I was younger and there were a lot of parents. And one thing that I offered was, and I stand by this still to this day, if you have a kid and your kid says something really hilarious and weird and you think no one will care about it, I will care. I genuinely think children are hilarious because they have no training or life experience. (laughs) So the things that they say are always extremely entertaining to me. Because I don't speak the language of a child, not usually anyway. So like, I will take those anecdotes and I will enjoy them. You have permission. So I bet, I bet you have friends that you have that that would also feel like, yeah, I want to hear that that weird thing. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned that you have high school friends, so you have people who have known you as essentially as a child, and I feel like those people are going to be the most interested because they they can still picture you as a teen. Yeah, oh my god. You know, and like seeing I man, I remember I and this is a friend that I really want to get back in touch with. A buddy of mine from high school and I caught up and he has uh three or four daughters that look precisely like his wife who was a best friend of mine in high school as well. Oh. And it's so delightful to see these tiny Vickies running around. That's a fake name, guys, <laughs> you know, but like like it's really it's 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 fascinating to me. Um so Yes, your parent friends might be very um, open to hearing about you and your kids if that's like the number one thing on your mind right now. Your high school friends will also be interested in hearing about your kids. And also, you have other things in your life. You mentioned that work is stressful. You mentioned that you made friends through your hobbies. Hey, hobbies? That's not a thing that everybody has. That's really true. Yeah, I wonder if you just need to, ch- to like tweak your habits a little. You know, you've already noticed something that's bothering you. Now, now, now the next step is like, how do I want to change this and how do I want to change this? So let's let's do like a, a recap of everything we've talked about so far, because we went into a lot of different directions. First, yes, you can in many ways reach out to a friend and as we d- described before, give them a little friendship packet that they can open anytime, a little bit of trail mix that when t- the going gets rough, <laughs> They bust out those peanuts and M&Ms and dried cranberries and whatever. And that can be, you know, an email, which is great because it's not super immediate, something like that. Like you can do that and you can say, hey, I'm a little too depleted to have a conversation. I wanted to remind you that I love you. Here's an update from my life. Whenever you're ready, give me an update. We also talked about how you also don't have to talk to your friends if you don't want to. I don't think that that's the solution for this asker. It sounds like what you you actually need support and you need the support of your friends, maybe tweaking the conversations that you have with them and setting parameters and setting topics and saying we're only going to spend this amount of time on things that are sad because in a human lifetime, there are those gold nuggets in the shit. There are joys that you can share. And we're not saying Focus on focus on the good things, buddy, because that's fucking ridiculous. Like scream about the bad things if you need to. Please yell about them. Yell about them with your friends. But there are so many ways to cope with this that aren't I'm dropping all my friends and never talking to anybody again, putting the do not disturb sign up forever. We always advocate for taking social breaks if that's what you need. If you need to put your head down and focus on yourself, of course. It just doesn't sound like that's what you want here, you know? Well, you said your solution is not having conversations. And if you were okay with that, I don't think you'd be writing to us. Oh, yeah. I guess my last piece of advice here as as I start to wrap this up is be really aware of when your mood plummets and changes. Is it like during the convo? Do you feel better after you have these conversations? Do you feel worse? You need to like be your own mood ring. Yeah, yeah. If if you go into these conversations and feel like you've vented and you've had some kind of catharsis, 
that's great. Then have those conversations and maybe just accept the fact that you have bad feelings and that they need to be vented with your friends. Maybe the the bad feelings about this are really the judgment that you feel over this very natural negativity that you have. Um, But like, you know, if you don't feel that and you only feel worse, then it's time to stop fucking talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, you are allowed joy. You know that, right? Ask her, you know that? Yeah, it's okay to feel happy, too, if you feel a moment of happiness. Uh, My God, hold on to it (laughs) if you feel that. It's all about, like, gratitude. It's all about being happy and joyful and accepting of those good things and just letting the bad shit happen and accepting that it's going to happen. Because in a human lifetime, the bad shit occurs. (laughs) It does. I've noticed that as well. Have you? Have you? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've, I'm a keen observer of human behavior, Trin, and over my, my 72 years on this planet, right. give or take, um, I've noticed that sometimes people aren't very nice to each other. Oh. Oh, what? <laughs> what? What? I know. We should have a, a separate podcast all about that. No, like. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. I have one more thought before we close this out. Oh, please. Um, remember that, like, your friends like hearing from you. I don't think we mentioned that in this whole thing. We really, yeah, we talked. That's a really good point. We talked about the feelings of the asker quite a bit, but like it is a a wonderful joy to receive a little packet of friendship from a friend. Like that feels really good, and I don't want you to feel guilty or judgmental of yourself for not doing that. That is not what I'm trying to say at all. What I'm saying is that when you do it, it is appreciated. Like it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Your friends like you. They love you. And if you uh, share parts of your life with them, that is that is such a gift, you know? Oh, right. love it. I, even if it's a little dusting of the paprika of your life, sharing your life is great. I'm, I have a hard time sharing, but I never regret it when I do, <laughs> you know? So, like, it's it might be something you want to think about. This has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you would like to learn more about us, our podcast, our book, uh, see pictures of us, learn stuff, go to friendshippingpodcast.com. If you'd like to send us a question, you can do it there at friendshippingpodcast.com or you can send us an email, friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Ian Parman so much for editing. Thank you, Monica Verma, for being our literary agent. Lauren Gallagher, thank you for your design work. And Molly Lewis, our theme song kicks ass to this day, five years later. Thank you for creating it. And listeners, thank you for listening. Hey, you're welcome for talking. You friendship at the problem. And any Nazis listening to this show, just get the fuck out of here. You're not welcome. Nazi lives don't matter.